Hello, and welcome back to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I hope you are ready for a conversation today about branding. One of the most important things that I have done in my business is learn how to properly and appropriately brand myself. And I have with me today my personal brand photographer, Amy Lawson, who is just, she's an absolute joy in my life. She's a brand photographer who really loves creating bright strategic brand images for small business owners who want to stand out online. Uh, She has a background in interior design and theater, and she has this amazing planning process that she's going to tell us about. But more than that, I'm really excited for you to hear about this transition from portraits and weddings to brand photography and how she uses these images and she works with these entrepreneurs to tell a story. Amy, when she's not strategizing for her next shoot, you can find her re-watching TV shows time after time again, reading, shopping, crafting, planning her next road trip. She is right here with me in Madison, Wisconsin. And like I said before, she's an absolute joy. You guys are going to love Amy and everything that she talks about when she's helping you create your personal brand in this episode. You're listening to the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Mae Chipchinski. It is my purpose in life to use the lessons I've learned from more than a decade of leadership experience in everything from business to politics to nonprofit and the military to help you become the leader you've always dreamed of having. Whether you lead a network marketing team, a Bible study, a global brand, or a family of four, every week I'm going to walk you through tangible ways to grow your influence and make your vision a reality. So if you're ready to drop the burnout and bullshit strategy you've been fed and design your own aligned leadership style, you're in the right place. Let's go. Amy, thank you so much for joining me today. I'm really excited to have you here on the podcast. We've worked together before and I absolutely love what you do. Um, For everybody listening, if you've ever looked at my Instagram, you've seen Amy's work. So We're going to talk about branding today, but instead of me verbally branding her, Amy, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit more about you? So I am an interior design grad turned portrait and wedding photographer turned brand photographer, um, which is how my work ended up on your feed. (laughs) Um, I was bit by the entrepreneurial bug when I was a kid. Um, My first business was actually selling spider plants to a local florist. like little, you know how spider plants have the little babies? Yeah, I planted them and sold them to a local florist when I was in third or fourth grade. Uh, I think I made like $5 a month. It was like... You know, that was a lot for third or fourth grade. I mean, it was. I thought, I mean, I was I was winning at life. Um, <laughs> so my official business journey um, started with portrait photography and then kind of morphed into weddings and portraits. Um, but along the way... 
I also became like obsessed with branding, marketing, business in general, not just what I was doing. Because, you know, as a solopreneur, you're doing all the things and you're having to learn all the things. And that's when I just started to become obsessed with branding, marketing. Um, and with the growth of the online space, um, I I started observing that small business owners, you know, we face an ever increasing barrage of online content. And that can feel really overwhelming and hold us back from telling our stories online. Um, So as I started photographing business owners, I realized that strategic planning and having a really strong understanding of your own brand was key to having images that you could actually use to strengthen your brand um, instead of, you know, kind of muddling things. Um, So I drew, I have a theater, a theater background, um, interior design background. I drew on all of those things to create a planning system for my clients so that we were, they weren't just showing up to a brand shoot. They were, um, actually, we were actually planning out images in advance. Um, and my planning system helps clients quell that overwhelm and allows us to strategize unique images, um, before their session. Um, and I'm based in Madison, Wisconsin. Um, where I have a studio space, which you have visited, and we had so much fun. Um, But I do travel, and I've worked with clients um, in lots of places like Chicago and New England. Yes. So plug, if you need a brand photographer, you need to get in contact with Amy because she's literally the best, and I don't ever plan on working with anyone again. And I think part of that is because of this pre-shoot strategy that you take clients through. Um, So tell me, I mean, obviously I know, but tell the people listening a little bit more about that and um, why it's so important and what it gets you when you do that versus if you wouldn't. Okay. So there's lots of things that you wouldn't do without a plan, right? Like you don't Mm -hmm. just, I mean, okay. Some of us spontaneously go on trips. When you go on a trip, you plan things, right? So that you can, when you go, you have a fun time, um, but you've got some structure and like, you're not, um, you bring the right outfits. So you have a good time, et cetera. Or when you get Mm -hmm. married, you plan your wedding. So why would you go into your brand photography without a plan? Because you're investing a lot of money and a lot of time, you're maybe getting hair and makeup done, you're buying outfits, you're doing all this stuff to plan for a set to go into your brand session. But if we don't have a plan for the actual photos, then it's not the best use of your investment. Um, and so the planning process starts by you knowing your brand, which is what we're talking about, why we're talking about branding today. I'm so, so excited to talk to dig into that side of things. But what I do is I send clients a workbook. Um, It's an online workbook that has sections of information um, about a couple different aspects of the process. And then they fill out some questions. And then I take those questions and I turn them into a shoot plan. And Sarah, you have not even seen my new upgraded shoot plan that I'm sending to people this year. I totally redesigned it in Canva and it looks amazing. It is so much more helpful. And I absolutely cannot wait to start sending it out to clients. Um, Anyway, that was just a total aside. But um, (laughs) yeah, so then we will this year, something new I'm starting is we're going to do a video call prior to the session, walking through the shoot plan to kind of catch any last minute questions or clarifications um, before the shoot. And then on shoot day, um, I've noticed that my clients feel a lot more prepared and a lot more um, 
they just know what to expect going in because we've talked about it so much in advance. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the photos that you get should in theory line up really well with that shoot plan. And so you have images you can actually put into your launches and whatever you're working on for that year. But all of that is dependent on your understanding of your brand. Yeah. And the, the questions that you ask, like, I thought that I knew my brand before the first time we worked together, but the questions that you asked had me really thinking deeper about it and thinking about how I could use those photos and and use my brand and how I could incorporate more of myself into the brand, which was something that even though I had my own business for a while, I hadn't thought about because I came from this network marketing background where, you know, that was my first business and my brand was the company. But the more I think about it and the more I see it now, the more I realize it is so critical for women and people who are in network marketing to have a brand outside of their company. So could we talk about that a little bit? Like as taking it broader, why is knowing your brand or even why is having a brand so important? So when people think of branding, a lot of times we think of, oh, your logo or, oh, your colors or whatever. Um, But that the definition of branding is so much broader than that. And I think that's a good place to start as we talk about building your personal brand, because if you're idea of brand as just a logo, it doesn't make sense. But when you think of a brand as the image your customers have of your business, um, and that that definition of branding is from thehartford.com. I did not make that up, but it, I thought it was such a good definition because it is literally everything that people see about your business or what they hear about your business. So your brand encompasses um, not just your logo and your colors, but the way you show up. So the way you show up, what you share or what you don't share, um, and the images you use, the graphics that you use, um, those are a part of your brand. But you, especially when you're building a personal brand like that, you are your brand. Um, And so the way you choose to show up and the way you choose to present yourself and the words you say, that is your brand. And that is um, that having a personal brand is such a big deal because that allows you to pivot your business later too, which is a huge bonus for this type of brand marketing. Yeah. Because, you know, I know a lot of people will go through multiple businesses or multiple iterations of the same business. And if people aren't connecting with you, if they're only connecting with the product you sell at one moment in time, or they're only connecting with the service you offer at a specific second of your business, they're not going to continue to follow you as you change and evolve. Yeah. They're going to go find somebody else. Yeah. They're going to go find somebody else. And all of that. But I also want to make the point, right? That just because you're branding you doesn't mean you can't also change and evolve. Um, What are your thoughts on changing and like evolving your brand as your business or your product suite evolves? Um, My first thought is, thank goodness my personal brand has evolved. (laughs) If you think about it, like, thank goodness I am not the person I was in college. (laughs) Like, That thought's kind of terrifying. (laughs) Right? 
I am one of the awkwardest human beings alive, but I was more awkward, like, in college and even more awkward than that in high school. You know, we all go through phases. We go through changes as humans for the most part. Thank goodness. So and it's natural that your personal brand is going to evolve too. And I don't think that's something to be concerned about because your audience is changing too, right? Like your audience is growing and changing. Sarah, I know you've talked about um, mom life on here on your podcast. And um, you talk about that a lot on Instagram. Like, because that is a stage of life where you and probably a lot of your audience is is living in right now. But like that's going to grow and change over time. Um, I'm trying to think of another example of this. Obviously, my business has changed over time um, as I transitioned from what portraits to weddings to brand photography. Obviously, my ideal client has changed. Um, and I would say my brand has definitely evolved over time. As well, I've gotten a lot more comfortable in front of the camera. Um, photos of me, you can see my headshots getting a lot more casual and a lot more relaxed over time, which I think is interesting. And that is one thing I will say if you're nervous about getting photos done, just do it because the more you do it, the easier it'll get. It's the same for posting videos, for going live, all of those things. Like the more you do it, the more comfortable you get and the more of yourself that you're sharing or the more personal you're being, like that will become more natural over time too. Mm -hmm. So critical to have a brand, brands can change and evolve over time. But if talk to me as though I know nothing about branding, I'm a online entrepreneur starting out and (laughs) real life, the first VA I worked with, I told her that I didn't like colors and I wanted everything to be black and white. And she told me that that wasn't going to attract anyone and that I needed to use colors and God love her. I'm still friends with her, but the, the colors that she put into it just weren't me. They were bright and they were loud. And I went with it because I thought I was supposed to, and I hated everything that I was doing. So how does someone who's just starting out trying to create their personal brand do that? Like, what are the steps to creating a personal brand? I think the very first step is understanding that all of your content across all of your platforms should come together to tell one clear story about your business and about you and how it serves your client. So having that understanding and that framework is really key to fleshing that out in each individual thing. So the first step is to sit down and just write out words and they can just be, it can be a hot mess and that's okay. Like that's the whole point. Figure out where you're going to show up and it, and and remember that like this is going to change over time, right? Like this is not set in stone. This is just where am I right now? Where are my customers right now? What is my best plan right now? Like the best thing I can think of to do, what is it right now? Knowing that that's going to evolve and change. And it should, if your brand is the same 10 years as it was 10 years ago, you have a problem because like, like growing and changing and evolving is a good thing because the rest of the world is also growing and evolving and changing. Um, so going back to knowing what platforms you're going to show up on. So are you showing up on Instagram? Are you showing up in Facebook groups? Are you starting a podcast? You know, where are you going to show up? And then 
what is the story that you want to tell on those platforms? So is there an anecdote from your life that impacted, you know, um, for network marketing, especially when you're selling a product, how has that product transformed your life? What is that story you're going to tell, the transformative story um, that's part of your personal brand? And what is, and, and your ideal client, what is their story and what where are they coming from? And also, like, what are some personal things that you'd like to share with people? So I talk a lot about, um, so my primary, I'm mostly on Instagram, um, sometimes in Facebook groups, but mostly on Instagram. Um, I love the platform myself personally, and that's why I chose it. And it turns out that a lot of my ideal clients are also on Instagram. Fancy that. Um, so that is the platform that I focus on. <laughs> Weird. We're all millennials and we all choose the same platform. <laughs> right? <laughs> Um, so on Instagram, I talk a lot about the fact that I was homeschooled. I talk a lot about um, the fact that I'm a fairly awkward human, although I don't even need to talk about it because it's really obvious. Um, <laughs> I try to show up without makeup on for the most part because I don't wear makeup normally. So that's just something that's very me and part of who I am. And I'm not ashamed of that. So I show up that way. Um, and then obviously I talk about brand photography, but I, I also share other like business and marketing and life randomness um, as well. And so those are all things that are part of my brand. I talk about the fact that I'm from New England and that I miss seafood and that I love cheese, <laughs> like things like that. So things about you that you can incorporate into your personal brand that help people connect with you because that personal connection is what helps you grow that brand and build that following with people. Yeah. Okay. So I want to cue in on a point here. You said figure out which platforms you're going to use. And you talk a lot about, you know, consistency. Um, let's, let's dig into that a little bit. Cause I know like for me, right. I have an Instagram account and I have a Facebook account cause I've had a Facebook account since you had to have a university email address to have a Facebook account. Um, and then Twitter came out. So I have a Twitter account and I was told once upon a time that I needed LinkedIn. So I have LinkedIn, but, and obviously then there's the podcast and there's the website, but I feel like, feel free to yell at me here if you need to, but I feel like my persona on each of those is different. Like one, I log into LinkedIn, like maybe once a year and just accept all the people that want to be in my network. And that's about it. Twitter is reserved for political and sports related rants in 140 characters or less you and everybody else <laughs> right I'm like this is what you do on Twitter right yeah I don't, that's, I don't talk about leadership for. or business expertise on Twitter <laughs> I, just, I hate the Chicago Bears and then it's over <laughs> there's if you go look tonight uh, there's probably going to be something negative about the 49ers so everybody now knows that we're <laughs> recording this on January 22nd when the Packers play the Niners um <laughs> But, and then like Facebook, because it's been there for so long, that is not where my ideal client is. That is where people from a past life live and where my family lives. And I don't necessarily share my business stuff with them. So how can I have all these platforms that, you know, people can find me and they're going to see different things on different platforms, how do I maintain some sort of consistency if I'm not using them all consistently? 
So what I have done, um, because like you, I mean, I'm on Facebook. I have a Facebook business page that is all but dead, um, to be honest, because nobody sees what I post on there. And if it is, it's my mother and my sister (laughs) and, you know. Yeah. Family. Um, Even on my Facebook business page, I have a LinkedIn that I, like you, do not frequent. Um, It's just too stuffy for me. (laughs) Should I be on there more? Like you said. I mean, maybe. But. I also think you should focus. But anyway, all that to say, um, what I have done across those platforms, this is where your visuals can come in handy if you have um, like your profile picture. Make your profile picture the same on all those accounts or at least from the same shoot so that it looks cohesive. So like on your Facebook, make sure that you don't have a 10-year-old profile picture from like college as your profile photo. For me, my personal Facebook, I have a photo of me and my husband, but my cover photo is me holding cameras um, to kind of be a visual cue. And then my Facebook business page, my um, website headshot, my Instagram bio, my email signature is all the same photo. Mm. And that um, I did that very intentionally to make sure that if people were looking for me and LinkedIn – Um, If they were looking for me on different platforms, even if I'm not there all the time, like LinkedIn, I'm almost never on there. Um, At least my profile picture is like the same and my graphics are the same. So like last night, I actually just um, I'm launching my new website next week, but I changed my Facebook business page cover photo to a new branded cover so that it looks the same, the same vibe as my website. So that if people go on there and I even I actually put on my Facebook cover photo, come hang out with me on Instagram because I don't hang out on my Facebook page as much. Um, So making your visuals consistent. I know we're talking about personal branding, but making your visuals consistent on platforms you don't use regularly is a good way to um, reinforce your brand, even on platforms you don't use often. And then like LinkedIn, you can say, you know, I hate. In your bio, you could even say, I hang out mostly on Instagram or I don't respond to messages on here or whatever, just so that people know that like you're not ignoring them. I think my Facebook literally says I like Instagram better. (laughs) Nice. I'm sure Facebook loves you for that. I mean, they own both. So it's whatever. It's true. (laughs) It's true. And I will say I actually do interact in Facebook groups quite a bit and I've gotten a lot of referrals from Facebook groups. So it's important for me to keep my bio information, my website and stuff updated on my Facebook business page so that because that might be the first people, first place people end up. Hmm. So that's something that I do as well. And I do try to every once in a while take an Instagram post and click the little share to Facebook um slider and I know that that post won't perform well like it's not like Facebook doesn't want it to perform well because I'm not creating it creating it on Facebook but it's there and it's showing that I am still active on the page even if I'm not really that makes sense and so those are just some things that I do to kind of stay the same across but not throw all of my energy into all of those platforms mm-hmm. because maintaining all of those platforms can be a total energy suck. Oh, absolutely. It's not efficient at all. I will say the platforms that I follow you on, so like Instagram and your website and your podcast, you are very consistently branded. I feel like. Thank you because you've taken most of those. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, My website would be a hot mess without you. Without you and without Madison, it would just, it wouldn't happen. Um, So 
consistency key. Now I want to shift a little bit. Earlier you talked about, you know, showing up and all the different things you talk about. Um, let's talk about how we get comfortable on camera, like being online. Let's just go with Instagram, like in Instagram stories versus your feed. So my feed is like, it's not the prettiest, but it's pretty, right? It's got a lot of your photos, which lend to the prettiness and lend to the cohesiveness. And when I do take other photos around the house, right, I have my different Lightroom settings that I use to make everything kind of fit together. But then, you know, I'll do the reel and my hair will be done. And then immediately, immediately, on goes the sweatshirt, on go the glasses, the hair goes up in a bun and I'm on my stories talking about how I just did a thing and, you know, whatever. I was not always good at showing up in stories and talking about me and being messy because I thought that the feed had to be pretty and the only thing people wanted to see was pretty. How did you get comfortable being used to being behind the camera, but then turning that camera around into selfie mode and talking in your stories? Because you're really consistent at it. Really? Thank you for saying that because I feel like I'm not. I am very much an introvert and so I do find it hard Mm -hmm. um, to show up just because I just want to sit on my couch with my blanket and not talk to people. Um, I have actually, I don't know if this is helpful for anyone on the planet, but when I quit my day job, it was actually a lot easier to get on Instagram and be consistent because I, I wasn't, um, I wasn't quite as peopled out by the end of the day. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's actually helped in the last year, um, being able to be home more and not talk to people as an introvert. Um, so if you're feeling overwhelmed, and you're an introvert, that could be why. And I totally understand that because that was me. Um, but showing your face, um, just do it. Even though it's really uncomfortable, like you have to do hard things and it really does get easier. Um, I don't think I had as much trouble on Instagram stories. Lives are harder for me. I struggle with lives, um, because you can't just re-record it. (laughs) (laughs) Not that I re-record my stories a ton. I do sometimes. Okay, Amy, so last question for you. As I'm, you know, building a new business, I'm building a new brand. I know me personally, I'm the kind of person that doesn't want to show up until I have all the T's crossed and the I's dotted. And I went back and I spelled check 17 times to make sure I'm using the right version of there. (laughs) How can, I guess, what's your best advice for just, for starting and for doing the darn thing? My best advice for that, I think Instagram stories is a really honestly great place to do that because um, perfection is not expected there, Um, especially like people expect people to be normal and real and like, you don't have to put a filter on your face or the lighting doesn't have to be perfect. Just show up in the best version that you know how to be right now or the best version that's sustainable for you um, because Mm -hmm. that consistency and that being real is going to matter more than the perceived perfection. And to be honest, I think in general, um, the people that I follow on social media, they're just showing up their normal selves and that's why I follow them. Like I don't follow people who – 
aren't showing themselves to be normal people, if you know what I mean. Like that, um, to me, I'm very, I'm very guarded about who I follow on Instagram and the people that I follow are real humans and they act like it on social media. And so that's something to remember and who you are and in, in your normal, like, just think of it as when you're talking, especially on Instagram stories, like, visualize a family member or close friend sitting across from you. Like, what would you say to them right now? And people are, and that's a way to authenticity. Yes. And yeah, that conversational, that, um, something they can relate to. Mm -hmm. The other day I shared about whether or not I should get an Instapot and that created a lot of conversation, more conversation in my DMS than I had in a really long time. I still think you should get the instant pot. And I still think I'm probably not going to, but maybe. (laughs) Maybe. You're right, though. Sometimes it's the most random things that create the best engagement. Like, I posted about the dress. I was like, look, I found this glittery sequin dress. I want it so bad. Should I get it? There's no reason for me to have this thing. We're still in the middle of a flipping pandemic. Yes. (laughs) But I bought the dress. And it is... Like it was the storyline that ended in a reel that ended in super high engagement. And uh, it just, you know, let people know that you're a human. And that you, you really have me wanting. to sell things. You're, you're also a human. You really have me wanting like a fancy dress for no reason now, by the way. Well, really we tempted. can get together in our fancy dresses and sit on the couch with blankets and watch true crime and drink hot chocolate. I mean, we could do that. Or we could wear pajamas and drink hot chocolate because there's that. More comfortable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all for the comfort. Well, Amy, thanks again so much for joining me today. I really, I, I love having you. I love being around you. I love working with you. And guys, honestly, if you need a brand photographer, you need Amy. And even if you're not in the area or you aren't willing to travel or have her travel, Like go check out her stuff because the things that she teaches through her Instagram, through these photographs that she takes about how to create your brand, it's what you heard today is only a snippet. Amy, thank you so much for joining. I love you to death and can't wait to work with you again. Thank you so much, Sarah. This was so much fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Beyond Leadership Podcast. I sincerely hope that you got something out of today that you are going to be able to take and use on your journey to wherever it is you're going. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe and share your takeaways on social media. Don't forget to tag me at Sarah May Ski on Instagram. While you're waiting for the next episode, please check out our exclusive Beyond Leadership community over on Facebook to connect with more like-minded and like-hearted individuals dedicated to learning, leading, and encouraging right alongside you every day. Until next time, let's go.